0: Welcome to Profit Boss Radio, where successful women have paved the road to their own financial freedom. Each week, your host, Hilary Hendershot, financial coach, money mindset expert, and experienced wealth manager, will help you discover the keys to the wealth and peace of mind you want and deserve in her no-nonsense and authentic style, starting right now.
1: Welcome to Profit Boss Radio. I'm your host, Hillary Hendershot. I'm here with you today to discuss the topic of elder financial abuse. The topic turns out to be very timely. Elder Abuse Awareness Day was June 15th, so just this past week. So we're talking about something that's in the news and that you should definitely know about. 1 in 20 seniors has been the victim of financial mistreatment in the past, but only 1 in 44 cases of financial abuse is ever reported, and 90% of abusers are family members or others that victims trust. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, more than half a million cases of elder financial abuse are reported every year, and if we use the statistic above, that translates to more than 22 million elderly victims of financial abuse each and every year. What a topic. So I'm glad to have with me today Richard Eisenberg. He's the managing editor of nextavenue.org, which is a site from PBS for people who are over age 50. He's also the editor of the site's Money and Security and Work and Purpose channels, Previously, he was the executive editor of Money Magazine, front page finance editor of Yahoo, special projects director and money editor of Good Housekeeping, a senior editor at MoneyWatch.com, and a personal finance reporter for USA Today. He's the author of How to Avoid a Midlife Financial Crisis and The Money Book of Personal Finance. Richard, welcome.
0: Thank you so much, Hilary.
1: I'm really glad to have an expert like you here with me today, although I have to say I'm pretty dismayed that we even have to discuss this topic. It's a little depressing what people are doing to our wise elder seniors.
0: Uh, It definitely is, and I'm sorry to say that it doesn't seem like it's going to get any smaller anytime soon. In fact, there's some reason to believe that it's only going to get worse as there are more and more older people in America, and and, uh, con artists are likely to want to take them as victims.
1: That's really sad. I read interestingly. Kathleen Quinn is the executive director of the National Adult Protective Services Association. She described elder abuse as rampant, largely invisible, expensive, and lethal. Can you say a little bit more about that? I was surprised to see the word lethal. And can you talk about the various forms of elder financial abuse that are happening out there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, by some estimates, we're talking about three billion dollars—that's a billion with a B. $3 billion a year that is how much is being stolen from people due to financial elder abuse. And by one study from Allianz Insurance, they said that on average, people lose $30,000 a year when they become victims. But in their study, 10% of people lost over $100,000 a year. So we're talking about serious money for a lot of people. And it happens in all different ways. You know, Sometimes it's, it's money that's being stolen from older people's bank accounts, sometimes their credit cards are being charged and they don't know it. Sometimes there are pushy salesmen uh, offering investor scams. It's just all over the map.
1: And sometimes it's from people like the stories we sometimes read in the media about loved ones, maybe a spouse or a son or a daughter, try, sort of cozying up to the person as they lose their cognitive abilities and getting them to actually change the trust or the will document. Is that right?
0: That is true. By some estimates, about 50, 50% of the time people become victims, it's because they're being victimized by a family member or a caregiver or somebody that they know. And another statistic show that 90% of the cases that are reported are by people like this. And so, you know, what's happening often is that, you know, these are the people who know that the older person is possible to steal from, that they may they know where their money is. They know that they may be confused. They may that they may know that they're isolated, and so you know it makes it easy for them to. Perpetrate uh, the fraud on these people because they they know enough about these people as opposed to somebody who's just sort of calling them blindly.
1: So one of the things I get to see in my role as financial advisor, I've had the experience in the past of working with an elderly client and you can start to tell when people lose their cognitive abilities. So there's things that they used to be sharp and maybe they're not so sharp. They can't. Now, obviously, forgetting things is normal and everyone does that, but leaving your keys in the microwave isn't. And so people who are close to someone can tell when their cognitive abilities are declining in your experience or based on the data, does this go hand in hand with people becoming victims? I would imagine it sort of seems to people like they have money and now they don't they aren't don't really have their wits about them, so now's my chance. Is that kind of the way it goes?
0: That's often how it goes, not necessarily always that way, but that, that's a fairly common example of, of how it happens because you know when somebody is, is not as sharp as they used to be they're more uh, likely to be easy to, to fall victim to this sort of thing. They, they don't know that they're being victimized. And, and often that's even why some of these cases aren't reported is because it's happening and the person doesn't know it's happening.
1: And I looked, I was actually I'm um, on the NAPSA-now.org, National Adult Protective Services Association website. And just to give people a sense of, some of the ways outside quote-unquote professionals commit these crimes, you have things like predatory lending, so pressuring people into taking out reverse mortgages, and then taking the cash and buying an annuity, forcing people to buy an annuity that I get, I guess earns a salesperson a large commission, but really annuities. I, I've really tried to warn people about annuities on this show many times, but also security schemes, pyramid schemes, internet phishing, identity theft, and Medicare scams are just some of the ways that professionals are committing these crimes. So just be aware when you you know, hear that mom or dad are sitting at the kitchen table with someone. And then, you know, it, it turns out financial abuse often goes unreported. And you kind of touched on that. But one other thing I read was that people are really ashamed and embarrassed that it happened to them. And so is there a way to stop the crime? If it's not being reported, people don't know it's happening. And if it does happen, they're ashamed and embarrassed and maybe being quiet about it. It seems very elusive.
0: It is elusive. It is possible to stop it. And the best way to try to do that is if you suspect that something is happening with your parent or spouse or a loved one, you know, the first thing to do is is if they are mentally competent to discuss it, to have a conversation with them as friendly as possible about your concerns and see what they say and listen very closely to their answers. If you can't really have a conversation with them then, you know, you want to start taking further action. And this is the point where you may want to get the police involved, particularly if you feel a crime is being committed. You may want to uh, talk to either the county or the state senior services agency or the Department of Aging and see what they can do. But I, I would tell you, and we've done articles about this at Next Avenue, often people try to report this kind of a crime and they don't get very far because the police say, well, we don't have any evidence. And this the state says, well, this isn't something we handle. And the federal government says oh, it's too small for us. So it can sometimes be really hard to get interest in this. But I would say you really have to do your best to try as hard as you can.
1: In your experience, now what got you interested in this topic? You've written prolifically about this topic. What got you, obviously, you write about financial issues, so it's not off topic. But is it something that touches you specifically? Well, a couple of
0: things. Nextavenue.org is a website from PBS and our audience is people pr- pretty much in their 50s and 60s and we're normally writing for them uh, in my case how to do the the money and the work stories. So I'm often writing about their own personal finances, but sometimes I'm talking about their parents' finances and sometimes I'm talking about their kids' finances. Their kids are often millennials in in their 20s or 30s. And so, you know, it, it's a pretty important topic I think for our readers. To be aware of elder financial fraud because their parents could be victimized, and and we want to be helpful to to our readers to let them know what to look for and what to do about it if they see it. Uh, in the case of my parents, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say that either of my parents, who are both deceased now, but I, I don't think when they were alive, either of them were victims of any serious financial fraud. But I will say that I know that my father was close to signing up for some offers that he got in the emails or by mail or over the phone that my sister and I prevented him from doing because we could tell that they were just not the sort of thing he should be putting his money into. And I think he was grateful for that. So so we saw it personally that way.
1: I had a client who was in her nineties and when her husband passed, maybe 20 years prior, he left her with let's say three or $4 million. And by the time I met her, it was down to about 400,000. And what had been happening is her kids, her adult kids who were in their fifties and sixties had been living with her and living off of her. And, she and i discussed their penchant for depleting her assets and she acknowledged it but she was complicit and i'm left feeling like there was some financial abuse happening there they ultimately terminated the re- the kids terminated the relationship with me and then there's nothing i can do it was like kind of watching this crime in my opinion a crime happen but, but there's nothing i can do about it
0: yeah that's a very sad story and unfortunately uh, not uncommon it does happen in certain families that that uh, some family members will take advantage of somebody because they can and they know how to do it and and the the parent um, doesn't do anything about it and and people who know about it feel like they're helpless about it.
1: Yes, part financial crime, but really kind of part emotional crime. So what are the kinds of scams people should be on the lookout for? What should people be telling their parents and grandparents to look out for? Obviously clickbait and financial scams, but anything else you've seen that's tricky or kind of hard to catch?
0: Yeah, well, you know, a big issue for some older people is isolation. They they often don't get out very much, and so they're really happy when somebody comes their friend, either uh, knocks on the door or calls them up or wants to get together. And, you know, I'm not saying people shouldn't be making friends at, at that age, but I would be, you know, cautioning your parents and also being on the lookout yourself for suddenly a, a new person who shows up in their life who you don't know anything about and they don't know anything about. You just want to sort of see where that leads. Also, you want to take a look and see whether your parent is, is acting in ways that they normally don't, you know, suddenly not spending money on medical expenses on uh, prescription drugs or going to the doctor when you know they should or not not buying as much food as they normally do because they want to you know keep that money for some other reason signs of isolation or if you see complaints or confusion about money that's stolen or missing or their credit cards or their checkbook my sister and I when our parents were alive made a habit of at least once a month sitting down with our parents uh, my mother had Alzheimer's my father did not and going over their checkbook with my father and just not that not that we were you know necessarily suspect of anything but we just wanted to be sure everything was okay and that he wasn't paying the same bill twice or or paying a bill or paying an expense that we thought seemed uh, you know out of line so you want to just sort of keep an eye out for things like that if you see any changes in your parents' banking practices, suddenly they're going to the bank more often than they used to or taking out more money than they used to and no, for, for no particular reason, those are things you really want to be careful about.
1: So it seems like if you want to guard someone you care about from – well, it seems like not just financial abuse but other kinds of maybe maybe abuse, being present in their life, constant communication – talking, sort of digging into the details. Where are the bills? Can I see that they've been being paid? Let me see either your check register or let's log into the online banking. I just want to review things with you. That takes a a particular kind of relationship with your parents. I don't have that kind of relationship with my parents right now.
0: (laughs) It it does. And it's a really hard thing to do. And it's hard to even broach because you know, you don't want them to think that you're meddling or that you're spying or you're trying to get their money when you're clearly not. You want them to know that you are looking out for them and you want to be helpful. And some parents will really appreciate that. Others will really get angry about that. And so, you know, every relationship is different. But I would say anything uh, a child, an adult child can do to try to have that kind of a conversation with the parents and that kind of relationship is great and and it may take time maybe you start slowly and you gradually you know work yourself into it but Mm -hmm. the the sooner you can do it the better and certainly you want to try to do it if you can while your parents are you know don't have any cognitive issues because once they do it can be really difficult to have a a meaningful conversation and and get the kind of information that you, you really need to get.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, you know, hope you don't find this to be too personal of a question. Do you remember, or do you mind sharing how you navigated that conversation with your parents? You know, I'd like to, be, I'd like to partner with you and and make sure the checkbook is in order.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it was with our father mostly because, as I say, my mother had Alzheimer's, so we couldn't really discuss these kinds of things with her. And my father also kept the finances for the two of them. But as my father was getting older, you know, what we, my sister and I, said was we want to. Help you to be sure that you know you're paying your bills properly, and you know. So, if it's okay with you, we'd like to take a look at your credit card statements and your bank account just to double check everything. And he actually, you know, to his credit, and and we were lucky; he was okay with that. I mean, I think he probably was a little apprehensive at first, but he didn't fight us. I think he knew we were trying to do it to be helpful.
1: Thank you for that. I think it's really helpful for people to know. Not just what to do, but how to have the conversations that allow them to do it. Money really is a taboo topic for so many people. So pressing into a relationship that's been so – had some standards and customs for so many years has got to be difficult.
0: Well, we're trying to. And and the other thing that I've heard people say, and you may know more about this than I do, is sometimes it's useful for the adult child – to go with the parent to the parent's financial advisor and introduce themselves so that the advisor knows who the adult child is and also and they all begin to have a relationship even if the adult child isn't using the advisor to manage their money but that way if the adult child sees something that seems suspicious they can then call the advisor and say hey I noticed something or the advisor could call the child and say hey I noticed something and and work together as a team that way, not not behind the back of the parent, but mm-hmm. to be in a partnership.
1: Mm-hmm. I very much agree. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed in my research of this topic is that even in cases where the child had been found, now sort of pivoting to cases where it's actually a family member committing the financial crime, that there were cases where children of wealthy people had been found guilty of stealing or coercing millions, mm. if not tens of millions of dollars. And the penalties for this crime seem to me to be very low, three, four years. Seems kind of like, I mean, I was going to ask you, and I am going to ask you about agencies to contact, but it almost seems like it's on us to prevent it and rather than looking for the, the public agencies to, to punish it.
0: I, I think that's mostly true at this point. I feel like our, our system is, is just very... Mo- Far behind where it needs to be to deal with this as a serious problem. One of, one of the issues that we've heard um, when we've done articles about this for Next Avenue is that their law enforcement is just so siloed that you just can't get the various agencies who might have something to do with this issue to work together. So you, it's hard to get the police and adult protective custody, adult protective services, and prosecutors to work together to. to deal with this as a serious issue and, and it only happens when it you know comes to trial and you really hope that it never gets to that point.
1: Wow. Who should someone contact if they suspect someone they know is being financially abused? You mentioned the police. It sounds like adult protective services, other other agencies that might get involved?
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of it depends on what the problem is. So the police I'd say would be who you'd want to get involved with, who you'd want to talk to if you feel you're Someone is being a victim of a scam, or there's credit card abuse, or there's theft, where there's really a a crime in action, where it's where you're not so sure that there's a crime, but you think something may be happening. And that's the point where I would say try to talk to the county department of senior services or the state elder abuse hotline if there is one, and say, hey, we're concerned about this thing that's going on with this person and my parent, and we want to report it. You know, then there are a few agencies and also uh, nonprofits that are trying to do what they can in this. There's a group called the Investor Protection Trust, and they have a program called the Elder Investment Fraud and Financial Exploitation Protection Program. They work with doctors and lawyers to basically try to get them to be aware of this kind of problem and to sort of if they notice something with their patients or their clients to try to take some action about it. Then there are a few agencies. There's there's FINRA, F-I-N-R-A, FINRA, which is the Self-Regulatory Organization for Financial Firms. They have a toll-free helpline. The phone number is 844-574-3577, but you can just go to FINRA.org and you'll find it there. And it's a good number to call if you suspect some elder abuse. And then also the Association of State Securities Regulators called NASA, N-A-S-S-A, has something called ServeOurSeniors.org. That's a website that is specifically aimed at trying to deal with this sort of thing. So there are places to go and to get more information about it.
1: Fantastic. Well, that was really great. We'll put all those links up for you as usual here at hillaryhendershot.com forward slash 72, plus this page from the National Adult Protective Services Association, which is full of statistics and resources at the end to get you started. So be vigilant out there and take care of the people that you love. Thank you, Richard, so much for being here with me today and for making me aware of Elder Abuse Awareness Day and for sharing what you know with the Profit Boss audience.
0: Thank you, Hillary.
1: Profit Boss, do you hate getting unsolicited advice? I kind of do. Whether it's well-intentioned or not, any kind of splaining just feels, I don't know, sort of aggressive and unwelcome. Of course, when I see someone who's important to me and they're struggling, sometimes it's tough to bite my tongue and just be there for them. So it's kind of a conundrum, right? We aren't here to run our friends' lives, no matter how well-qualified we are to do it. On the other hand, if you discover something that's really made a difference to you, don't you just want to share it with everyone? I mean, it would be really presumptuous of me to just assume that my little podcast is something every listener just can't wait to share. But I do know what I hear from my listeners about how Profit Boss Radio has helped them to start changing old money habits and feel more in control and hopeful about getting out in front of their financial security. And I have to think that for every person I've reached, there are thousands more who might feel the same way if they get the chance. So if you're one of my listeners or in our Facebook group, and you know at least one or two people in your social network could use an encouraging word, let me invite you to let them know about the podcast and about our Facebook group. Just Hit the share button in your podcast app. It'll give you a good feeling, I promise, and you'll be helping me accomplish my big audacious goal of empowering a million women to take charge of their financial futures and become millionaires. Lastly, let me just say I'm truly honored to have earned a place in your busy schedule. I know you've got a lot of demands on your time and attention, and I'm so totally grateful for the little part of it that you share with me. So thank you, and let's get together next week for another episode of PBR. Thank you for listening to Profit Boss Radio, where creating success
0: on our own terms happens every day. You're not alone in your journey to a rich life, and that's why Hillary is here to add value in each and every episode. See you next time on The Podcast for Women and Money.